0: So, Father God, I thank you so much for this time we get to spend together. Lord, I ask for open hearts and honest, uh, just honesty with our reactions to things as we dive into this topic tonight. Um, Lord, I pray for transformation groups that you lead to good discussion, and Lord, that you would be glorified and honored in all that we've discussed in your son's name. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to start tonight's uh, message with a little bit of dating advice. I know this ain't Dr. Phil, and I know this ain't Oprah. But I want to give you a little peek into the human soul And the human condition I think this can be best be uh, exemplified in the context of a dating relationship If you don't like the term dating Because you're old school or new school uh, We can call it courting advice or matchmaking advice Or whatever other advice you want to label it That you and your parents can discuss freely Okay, So whatever you feel comfortable with That's what I'm talking about So you ready? Ready? This is good. You will find out everything you need to know about someone by not the first five things they tell you about themselves, but by the first five things they complain about. You won't find this in a self-help book. You won't find this in any dating magazine. This is an AJ-observing culture original. And I think it's true. Publishing. Eh? Yeah, just like a game. The first five things people complain about will tell you all you need to know about a person. And let me clarify one thing. These are not in response to a topic that you bring up. This is something that they complain about freely. Not in response to something. But they introduce the conversation. So I overheard one conversation in college that has stuck with me to this day, and it's been a long time, 10 years, because it was so grossly telling of the culture and these two young ladies. So I'm standing behind these two young ladies at the coffee shop I'd go to every morning, um, and this is their conversation. Now, mind you, I was not trying to overhear their conversation. I was not that type of person. I had my headphones in, my disc man on... (laughs) It's been a while, and I was listening to a David Crowder album. Still good music, but I still could overhear the conversation. This was the conversation: "Girl one, so how is your new relationship? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Omg, he is the nicest guy. Really, that's awesome. He like." Holds the door open for me. He actually like wants to get to know me. He listens. He pays for dates. He treats me like such a princess. Wow. You are so lucky. Do you think he could be the one? No, he's an education major and he probably won't be able to provide for my (laughs) lead. (laughs) I I turned off my music at that point, because I wanted to hear the rest of it. Well, that took a turn, AJ. Notice how it wasn't all the good things that he did that defined her. She was treated extremely well by this guy. She even said, "This this is the best way I've ever been treated by a guy. Because to him she was worth it, he put her on a pedestal. That should have given her a major self esteem boost, right? But that didn't define her. Her complaint told me everything I needed to know about her. And her friend's response to that last statement Mm -hmm. told me all I needed to know about her, too. Well, if he can't provide for the essentials, I guess it's not worth it. (laughs) (laughs) This is so shallow. It wasn't how someone who, how someone treated her that was important. It wasn't humanizing her that was important. It was about the financials, financial security that her whole world was built around that was important to her. OK Now we can laugh, laugh, we can gasp, we can hurt and every other emotion associated with that story. But let's think for a moment about what we complain about. Okay. Eh? I know. AJ, don't go there. Please. I know we can talk about other people and what they complain about, but we can't talk about what we complain about here. No? (laughs) Because that might tell us something about us. Don't worry. I'm an equal opportunity offender. I will make fun of myself too. Okay? So, here are some things we complain about. My boss called me into work. Again. I have more Homework. That's not what I want for dinner. My parents just don't get it. My favorite one the printer is broken again. That's you? We complain so much. And we look for moments to complain, don't we? Like, we, we intentionally seek out moments again. We will walk out the doors to this church after a Sunday morning here on preach, and we'll go, the weather, again, Texas? Come on, hot, cold, hold. What are we going for here? I just don't know anymore. These clothes, they just don't go with the latest styles and trends. These shoes, Preston. <laughs> Which means we have to ask the question, Why do we complain? Why do we complain? So let's think about it. Let's kind of go back through our list. Let's think about it. My boss called me in to work again. You have a job. How awful. You actually get paid? For what exactly do you get paid for? Cleaning? You have to work in a clean environment? I am so sorry. You're saying there's food there? You have to prepare food? Do you have to sometimes eat that? You have to eat. You have to eat. I am so sorry. Sometimes it's the same meal twice in a row. No, No. Oh, your world that you live in must be horrible. Life must be so hard sometimes. I have homework. Again. What? You have to learn? (laughs) I have to learn again. Education will be the death of this country. If we were all ignorant and dumb, we would be so much better off. Who cares about electricity and numbers and microguards and everything else? Who cares? How dare we learn? My parents just don't get it. You're right on this one. They've never been a teenager before they've never they grew up in the 60s 70s and 80s they didn't even know what drugs were (laughs) they don't got clue. bad music like with words in it they've never had to deal with that stuff and I know the other thing you know the drama in your life the friends well your parents don't have friends right so they've clearly never dealt with this stuff before They've never experienced life like you have in (laughs) suburbia. We might as well call it Siberia, right? (laughs) (laughs) The printer is broken again. Now, that's a real problem in America. We don't laugh about it. We don't deal with it. That's real. That's an injustice. And this is what, you know, it's one of those things... It infuriates me. Like, it's one. Of, if you ask my wife, if if I'm playing the newlywed game with my wife, and they go, "What's the one thing that ticks him off?" She's going to go, "Technology." <laughs> he, I don't get it. It's like, you know, why can't my computer talk to my printer when neither one of them can talk to me? <laughs> but it infuriates me for some reason. I'm always kicking myself. Like, why is that? Of all the things on the planet that can make me mad. Why is, you know, Dell is my hell. Like, let's just... <laughs> <play>. <laughs> like, Jess kills me. Here are the two reasons why we complain. It's your first two fill-in-the-blanks. I put them right back-to-back. Back. I know. You're welcome. There are, two te- wait, there are two reasons why we complain. One, there is an injustice in the world that needs to be solved. Two Two Or The world doesn't revolve around me Enough One There is an injustice in the world that needs to be solved Two Or the world doesn't revolve around me Enough There's only two reasons to complain Only two Number one is legitimate God calls us to meet the injustice in the world. Isaiah 61, 8 and 9. For I, the Lord, love, what? Justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the people. All who see them will acknowledge that they are the people the Lord has blessed. How will they know they're blessed? Because of the way they deal with justice. You should long... For justice in its right places. You should long for that. We should be angry with the injustice around us. It should require us to call out to the Lord. But too often, we mistake God's justice for our own wants. Do we not? Just go driving around, for those of you that drive the DFW, for five minutes. Am I right? How dare you cut in front of me? (laughs) Do you know what you're doing? We're yelling this at nobody. The bird? The bird? You give me a bird, I'll give you a flock of birds. <laughs> you lose it. We lose it over just stupid, stupid things. So between these two types of complainer those who long for justice on earth, and those who long for justice in their little world, we see two types of people. Those who make the world about them, and those who make the world about God. Those who treat this world like it's the final destination, and those that know their home is elsewhere. In today's passage, we're going to see those two types of people. We will see some of them complain, and we will see how the Lord responds, reminding us, this is your next fill in the blank, that it is the destination that should determine the journey. It is the destination that should determine the journey. Here it starts, beware the leaven of the Pharisees. Chapter 12, Gospel of Luke. If you've never been to Luke before, third book of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke. It's right before John. Okay? Um, 12 comes after 11 and before 13. We're covering the whole thing today. So I'm not even going to ask you to find the verse. Okay? Here's the starts. In the meantime, when so many thousands of the people had gathered together that they were trampling one another, he began to say to his disciples first, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body, and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? While even the hairs on your head are all numbered, fear not. You are of more value than many sparrows. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledged me before men, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you that that, that in that very hour, what you ought to say. So let's think about this here before we go any further. Notice how immediately he begins to compare and contrast two types of people in the section. Group A, the Pharisees or the hypocrites, noting that noting that nothing will be covered up about them. All will be made known in the days to come when they reach their destination. People B are those who are valuable before God. You can tell who people B are because they acknowledge Christ before men and therefore will be acknowledged by God in the afterlife, again referencing what? Their final destination. To group B, Jesus says, not to fear A. They cannot do anything to you, but instead to fear the Lord, who has the power to cast you into hell, where A will be. The one who denies him before men will be in the category of A. B should not fear A. You it? Know? The people that made God holy, that are made holy by God should not fear the hypocrites. God will give you the words to say before them when they persecute you. So he has cast them into two categories. Now let's see which one of the next people fall into based on what they are complaining about. So this is one, the fun one. The parable of the rich fool. That's how he titles it. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Jesus said, Man, who made me a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And he told them a parable saying, The land of the rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. You know those complaints we talked about earlier? This is one of those silly... I've, I've made too much food this year. <laughs> That's too much money. What shall I do? Nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear, tear down my good barns and build larger ones. <laughs> Let me think about it. Are the barns... He didn't say bad barns. He wanted all those barns that he needed, upgrade. <laughs> And I will store all my grain and my goods, and I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. Talk to your financial broker, you're in the clear. (laughs) (laughs) But God said to him, What fool! This night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. So do not be anxious. Again, he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouses nor barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Some of you need to memorize that verse backwards and forwards. If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of those. But if God so closed the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Some of you need to memorize that one. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in heaven that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moths destroy. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's compare and contrast again. A cares about the treasures on earth, B cares about the treasures in heaven. A is a warrior. Anyone else who struggle with that occasionally? Yep. here's the fun part about asking that question those of you that tried to hide that you were worried about what everyone else would think about you <laughs> oh, 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 oh. you just hit me once then you hit me again <laughs> B cares about trust and share he's a worrier and at heart does not trust God to meet his basic needs that's what we do when we worry we say God I don't trust you here B is people who trust him. B, look towards your future. So which one are you? Would your complaints against this world reveal that about you? I know too often in the decalon of life, I reflect group A. I race to the coffee machine in the morning, I hurtle through the work of the day, and then there's the long jump of frustration of people not doing things my way. Which makes me want to throw a discus, javelin, or 16-pound lead ball at them. (laughs) So I jump higher to meet the goals, hoping that I land well, and then I run the last 1,500 meters frustrated at the runners ahead and the losers behind that couldn't keep up. But the decathlon, decathlon of group A doesn't ever reach the finish line. It's a treadmill. Because whatever you are running for has enslaved you. And Christ has been there to set you free. This is your last fill in the blank. We either are focused on our wants or his will. We are either focused on our wants or his will. And we don't realize that following his will changes and fulfills our wants. He is the living water that will fill your soul. That is Jesus. He is the one who will leave you satisfied. Seeking after the world will leave you trapped by it. I can promise you that. While seeking after Christ, it was what gives you true freedom. Pastor Derwin Gray, one of my favorite pastors, says this freedom is not doing what you want to do, but what you were created to do. So, what will you complain about this week? And what will it say about you?